welcome to the Caleb and Phil Football Podcast, where two buddies from college review and preview Penn State football and the big college games. Okay, it's time for kickoff. Hello and welcome to the Caleb and Phil Football Podcast. My name is Caleb. I will be one of your co-hosts today. Phil, how are you doing? The week is here, Caleb. Star Wars Episode Nine: Rise of Skywalker comes out. As the as one of the biggest Star Wars fans out there, I will say uh, I am very, very excited. Took the day off work Friday so that I can go see it without having to worry about any kids like hooting and hollering in the theater. Uh, so I'm I'm very excited for that. How's your week been? Yeah, it's been good. I'm excited too. Obviously, with the baby, we probably won't be out to see it, at least not opening weekend. But I have. I watched episode seven and eight over the weekend. Quinn watched a little bit along too. So mm-hmm. we're we're ready whenever we do go see it. Jedi in training. I've been trying to watch uh, one episode or uh, some days I don't or some days I'll watch two episodes just to, so that the goal is, I think right now, watch episode eight in the morning and then drive to the theater. Um Friday morning as well so that I can be in the zone and speaking of the zone Caleb we got some awesome news out of Penn State and their fan zone uh the Taco Bell student section of the year how awesome is that yeah that's awesome I remember we talked about this early in the year they won student section of the week when they were at Maryland Penn mm-hmm. State still won that one when they took over Maryland student section and I think they kind of rode that to the victory for winning student section of the year it's pretty awesome yeah I'm wondering how old is this award? Nah, I'm not sure. I think it's a few, It's definitely at least a few years old, but not you know going back to the 50s or anything like that. Yeah, I'm wondering if – I'm trying to think of how many times we've won this because I feel like we've won it before, not just like a weekly thing, but I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Um, so it's great. And then uh, a lot of other exciting events in, in our other athletics for Penn State. Caleb, you want to talk about volleyball and basketball? Yeah, the women's volleyball team made it to the Elite Eight. Unfortunately, they were swept in three sets by number three Stanford. So obviously, number three Stanford's a very good team, but mm-hmm. good year again for women's volleyball. I think at one point, the volleyball women's volleyball team won three or four national titles in a row. So this is a little bit of a step back for them, but still a very solid program. And then the uh, men's basketball team was ranked 23, which is exciting because it's the first time they're ranked since 1996. So 23, almost 24 years since the last time Penn State was ranked. Can you remember back that long, Phil? Um, no, I was four years old. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was uh, that was some cool news to see that they've been doing well. You know, we saw the big upset win or we heard about the big upset win over Maryland. But, you know, it's going back to the volleyball, I can still remember nights where my dad and I would stay up late and watch the women's volleyball just because they were so dominant. And I remember watching them play Stanford. And every time they play Stanford, I'd get real nervous. Um, so, you know, it, it's a bummer that especially they lose to Stanford, but it's also like Stanford's number th- number three, but I can, you know, they're number one, number two sort of team too. So uh, tough loss for the for the Lady Lions, but they'll be just fine next year too. A uh, couple other things here. College Football Hall of Fame, 13 new members, including Vince Young, the quarterback from Texas in that amazing Rose Bowl BCS National Championship. Darren McFadden, uh, a very electrifying running back. Torrey Holt, wide receiver. I can't remember. Where did Torrey Holt go to school? Do you remember? I, uh, I think it may have been NC State. Okay. A lot of, a lot of underrated prospects uh, out of NC State. Joe Thomas, lineman from Wisconsin. Uh, Jake Plummer, quarterback from I don't remember where. Do you remember? I'm. Nah, I don't remember off the top. I'm gonna of my forget. Head, sorry. sorry. Okay, I'm gonna stop going with the colleges unless I really know them. Uh, <laughs> London Fletcher, 
Troy Polamalu, one of my all, well, not one of my all time favorite professional football player out of USC, Patrick Willis. And uh, there are two more coaches, Darius, De- uh, Dennis Erickson and Joe Taylor. So congratulations to them being enshrined into a great, rich legacy uh, and being recognized as some of the dominant players of their time. Caleb, any particular moments from any of these players that stand out to you that you recall? Yeah, well, each of us get a little bit of uh, home cooking here. Troy Palomalo, obviously, for the Steelers. Torrey Holt with the great, greatest show on turf with the Rams for all those years. So both great players in their NFL careers for our respective teams. But actually, I was just watching it a little bit of it last night, the Rose Bowl between uh, Texas and USC, mm-hmm. where Vince Young, 200 yards passing and 200 yards rushing, including the game-winning touchdown. You know, just one of the best college football players you've ever seen. Yeah, it was. And that was during the like dynasty days of USC where if, you know, mm-hmm. we look at Alabama now and that was USC for a long time. Um, I I can still remember a couple plays of Darren McFadden, including one where he was kind of like knelt down at the line of scrimmage and they took the snap, gave him the ball and just let him go off flying. I believe he was given the ball by, Ooh, who's the quarterback at that point? Uh, Ryan Mallett, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I remember him taking off. He was really dynamic. So yeah, again, congratulations to them. A couple other uh, current award winners or awards for current players, the Maxwell, which is basically the player of the year or one of the player of the year awards or several of them. Joe Burrow, quarterback from LSU, and you're going to hear us say his name a lot. That's because he also won the Walter Camp, which is the Player of the Year Award. Davey O'Brien, which is the best quarterback. And uh, one other award that we'll talk about in just a few minutes. Home Depot Coach of the Year, Ed Ogeron, the head coach of LSU, who has done a great job with that program. Dick Buckkiss Award for best linebacker goes to Isaiah Simmons, the Clemson linebacker, considered a first-round pick. Uh, He gets that over Penn State linebacker Micah Parsons. Doke Walker Award for the best running back goes to Jonathan Taylor over uh, Chuba Hubbard and J.K. Dobbins. And he is the first back-to-back. Jonathan Taylor is the first back-to-back winner since Darren McFadden, who is inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. Fred Blitnikoff. Oh, yeah, no, you go ahead. Make a comment there, Caleb. No, yeah, so Jonathan Taylor obviously in good hands. I was a little surprised he won. His numbers weren't quite as good this year, but if you look at – Taylor Hubbard and um, Dobbins, their numbers are almost identical. They're all around six and a half yards a carry, you know, 1,900 total rushing yards and about 20 20 to 25 rushing touchdowns. And even their receiving numbers are pretty similar. So it was a tough choice for the committee, for the whoever votes on that Mm -hmm. this year. And considering Jonathan Taylor won it last year, I was a little surprised he won again. Yeah. It's a it's a good award for him. For a while, we we thought he was really dominant uh, there. I think we spoke about him. And J.K. Dobbins uh, the most whenever we spoke about that running back position. Fred Blitnikoff Award, the best wide receiver, goes to Jamar Chase over C.D. Lamb. And, oh, Pittman. Uh, Michael Pittman out of USC. Michael Pittman. I don't know why I was thinking Isaac. Uh, Michael Pittman out out of the University of Southern California. Pittman did a lot to help restore that program, especially as they were on their second and third string quarterback. C.D. Lamb the best wide receiver at Oklahoma considered one of the best in the country. I was a little bit surprised by Jamar chase winning this award. I, I don't really remember us talking about him too much this year, Caleb. Yeah, he did have a good season. I think maybe 1400 receiving yards or so. So, I mean, obviously all the talk in LSU is about 
uh, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase has had has some other uh, great wide receivers on his team, uh, Justin Jefferson, for instance, and I think Randy Moss's kid, who's not quite as good as his dad, at mm-hmm. least not yet, is on the team as well. So he had some tough competition, but I guess he was able to rise to the top and beat out beat out Ceedee Lamb, Michael Pittman, and of course plenty of other wide receivers like T Higgins out of Clemson and uh, Jerry Judy yeah, is it, Alabama. Isn't it crazy to think that Jerry Judy, you know, he came into the season as not the undisputed, but definitely considered the top running back by, or geez, wide receivers by many analysts, but then he's not really in the conversation at the end of the year. And I don't know, is that a, is that a Tua going down thing and him kind of finishing the year quiet or, or what do you think? Yeah, that's probably what it is. Yeah, but it does go to show you how great the wide receiver class mm-hmm. is going to be this year. I think Todd McShay just put out his first mock draft and I think he had five, six, maybe even seven wide receivers going in I the first it. round. So there'll be a lot of those skill position guys going early in this love year's it, love draft. Uh, Ray Guy Award for the best punter goes to Max Duffy from Kentucky. Did a really good job uh, kicking the football this season and had a lot of opportunities to playing for Kentucky this year. Uh, gets that over Blake Gillikin, the Penn State punter, who I didn't think was originally in the conversation about this stuff, Caleb. Yeah, I don't remember exactly where he finished. I don't think he was one of the final three finalists, but he was, you know, what, a semifinalist or finalist yeah. somewhere around there. But So good for, good for Max Duffy. Um, you know, that could – it's the Ray Guy kind of award that will help get a punter signed as a rookie for sure, just like the Lou Groza award which goes to the best place kicker, which goes to my favorite kicker um, outside of friend of the show, Jordan Stout, Rodrigo Blankenship. I just, I love that guy. He is, he seems like a really cool, nice, nice player. Uh, Very happy for him. Mr. Clutch for sure. Yeah, he's a great, you know, coming in as a walk-on, getting his earning his scholarship, and now being one of the best kickers, you know, more accurate kickers in the SEC in the whole college football. Although, did he I think he missed a key kick in that uh, loss to South Carolina? But still, a great, great career. For, I think he's a senior, so he'll be headed off yeah, to the NFL next absolutely. year. Absolutely. Uh, whenever it comes to more defensive awards, Chase Young takes some two awards. The Bednarik Award, which is for the top defensive player, and the Nagurski. Um, the Will Campbell, which is the academic version of the Heisman Trophy, goes to Oregon quarterback Justin Herbert. So he couldn't be a finalist for the Heisman, but he could win the academic Heisman. Congratulations to him. And the Broyles Award, a newer award, but you know I really like it. Going to assistant coaches goes to LSU passing coordinator, or, or what's his official title? Do they call him the offensive coordinator there, Joe Brady? Yeah, I think he's the uh, passing game coordinator and the quarterback coach or wide receiver. Yeah. He's one of the positional coaches also. Former grad assistant under James Franklin. Hey, uh, just so you know, Joe, we need an offensive coordinator. So if you want to come on up to Happy Valley, we'd love to have you. And one other thing I, I want us to touch base on before we start talking about the Heisman votes. Uh, really exciting news out of Penn State. They had, a, they had a big banquet. And at the end of that banquet... Um, James Franklin announced that Nick Yuri, the walk-on running back, he really only saw he only saw action in the Idaho game where he trucked ahead for a touchdown. He was put on scholarship. That was a that was a really exciting moment. Uh, you could tell the team was really excited for him, and and I'm certainly very happy for him as well. Yeah, definitely cool to see. You know, you see those videos peek out around this time every year. A couple couple of them from different programs. So good to see Penn State do that for Nick Yuri. He's you know worked hard. He's obviously not as talented as some of the top running backs that Penn State has. You know, he can't can't really compete with the four and five star recruits. But good to see that he got in his game early, got his touchdown, and you know he'll be off to better things. And now he 
gets to pay exactly. a little less for college. All right, let's talk Heisman, Caleb. So um, we go into this with uh, four finalists. We go into it with Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields, and Chase Young. And you and I both picked Joe Burrow to win the Heisman. What happened, Caleb? Yeah, he won rather easily. He received the highest percentage of votes ever, uh, breaking the record held by former Ohio State quarterback Troy Smith back in 2006. Was it like 91.8% or something like that of first place? Yeah, it might have even been higher than that. It was, uh, he was, you know, I I don't think Joe Burrow had an all-time great season. He had a very, very, very good mm-hmm. season. But I think, you know, Jalen Hurts not being quite as good as Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield in the past and all three Ohio State players kind of, you know, eating up votes for each other. I think that's kind of why Joe Burrow won by so much. I think also because Joe Burrow was playing a lot of like higher competition because you're right. He didn't have the best performance. We've seen Colt Brennan throw for more touchdown passes. We've seen Sam Bradford throw for more touchdown passes, but they were playing a lot more. um, They're playing a, a different style of schedule, whereas we saw LSU going against all the big teams in the SEC, the ones that, that we see in the playoffs, and, and they were able to win and you know win decisively. And so I think that was a big stepping stone there as well. Yeah. Uh, Burrow also won by the largest margin of victory ever, passing O.J. Simpson. I think that was 1968, USC's great running back. Um, he is the seventh transfer to win all time, but now he is the third in a row to win that award following Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield, both out of Oklahoma in the last two years. He is also the second all-time winner from LSU, joining Billy Cannon back in 1959. Yep. Um, As you said, the other finalists, they finished second Jalen Hurts, third Justin Fields, and fourth Chase Young. And then rounding out the top ten, we had Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, Trevor Lawrence, Chuba Hubbard, Travis Etienne, and Tua Tungavailoa. Um, I saw the results, and Tua still got his got one first place vote out there. So okay. they must have ignored the last two or three weeks of the season. Um, and I mean, honestly, Caleb, they must have enjoyed it, or ignored a good chunk of the season. Tua is a is a really good quarterback. Um, I'm just not convinced that he is, you know, the the best overall, uh, especially in this field. Again, a little surprising or a little it has to be a little disappointing for Justin Herbert, who goes into this draft looking really uh, ready for the pros and not even a spot here. Uh, Same thing for Trevor Lawrence came in and he left that last year national championship game looking unstoppable. Doesn't crack the top four, had a lot of struggles early on, but closed on a really strong note. And I think he's going to have something. I think the whole Clemson team has something to prove by by coming into a not ranked number one or, or even number two into the playoffs so congratulations to joe burrow yeah congratulations to him all right let's talk about the one game we had this weekend number 23 navy winning the commander-in-chief trophy with their win over army i think the navy had lost four or five in a row to army so it's good for them to get back into the winning column against army they win 31 to 7 malcolm perry navy's quarterback who didn't throw a single pass in the entire game. He had 29 carries, 304 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns. Um, The big difference here, Army had 2.6 yards per carry on the ground, while Navy had 7.2. Army only threw the ball six times, but Navy just had the one. Uh, Navy, right before halftime, did what they called the Navy Special on in or in Lincoln Financial Field, so home of the Philadelphia Eagles. So pretty apt to do that play mm-hmm. there where Warren, their wide receiver, threw a one-yard touchdown pass to Carruthers. That gave him a 14-7 lead after Army had taken an early 7 nothing lead, and Navy would never look back. Yeah, 
So it's a, it's a great win for Navy. Hey, did you see uh, the little scandal or not or whatever from the start of the game during game day, Caleb? Uh, are you talking about the uh, white power symbols maybe going around? Yeah, I'm talking about that disgusting, uh, assuming that was the purpose behind it, mm-hmm. sort of uh, symbols thrown up. I'll be I'll be honest, like I don't know the full context behind that symbol. Um, I know growing up, you'd see people do that and it just meant okay. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's the way that they hold their hand whenever they do it. Does that sound, do you know anything about it? Yeah, and I saw someone on Facebook who's in the Army or Navy say that it's a... Uh, they do that symbol and it's uh, supposed to make you look and it's a game they play. So hopefully that's yeah. kind of what it is, you know, either okay or made you look kind of thing and not mm-hmm. what they're actually going for, what they think it may have been doing. And hopefully we can get past that. Yeah. I mean, if it is that little major look game, that's a game that like my middle schoolers play. And I'd like to think that, and and I know they are, I know that people in the army are much more mature. So, you know, a little disappointing, and hopefully it is just some sort of a, a misunderstanding because certainly, like, I, I, ugh, those sort of those sort of things can definitely make me frustrated, uh, as I imagine it makes anybody, or it, it should make people feel in 2019 frustrated about these sort of ideas of white supremacy and other garbage like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you know, it, it's disappointing. It's a bummer that that's kind of like that will probably be my memory of the game. I didn't really get the. I didn't really uh, tune into it, um, but good for Navy to win this one. So now we look ahead and a uh, couple things, you know, uh, we had Micah Parsons get named the uh, first team All-American linebacker. Caleb, you had already uh, put it in the notes and, and I brought it up earlier. Nick Yuri gets that surprise scholarship. Love the kid. Love the love the hustle and his commitment. But now we look ahead to the Cotton Bowl Classic versus number 17, Memphis. What are some of your initial thoughts here on, you know, what does Penn State need to do in order to walk away from this one with a Cotton Bowl victory? Um, I think they got to limit the big plays. We mentioned it last week on the pod that they mm-hmm. have several players with 60, 70 yard rushes or receptions. You know, some of them have both 60 yard rush and a reception as they use their players all around the field. Their running backs can catch, their receivers can run. So I think that's definitely the key. Penn State's defense has struggled. Uh, mightily here in the second half, giving up huge plays and yards to teams like Indiana, Minnesota, Ohio State. So Memphis is another high-powered offense and one that needs to be slowed down if you want to win this game. Absolutely. Memphis is averaging almost 481 yards uh, per game, and Penn State's giving up 330 currently. But, I mean, their quarterback for Memphis, uh, White, has thrown 33 touchdowns to just nine picks and has 3,500 yards passing. That is over a thousand more yards than Sean Clifford has thrown and 11 more touchdowns than Sean Clifford has thrown. I don't want to use the argument of like, look at who they're playing because we thought that against Minnesota and then we, we kind of got thumped by them. So, you know, this is an impressive stat by white and, uh, and the entire offense there collectively rushing yards though. We, we do a pretty good job journey Brown, uh, considering the fact that we did running back by committee had half the carries of their leading rusher Gainwell. who, who had 1425 for yardage and uh, 12 touchdowns journey Brown, our leading rusher with just 113 carries 688 yards, but 10 touchdowns, which was great. Uh, their top receiver, uh, Coxie and Hamler are pretty close in stats, except the 300 yard difference. Um, 
you're right, Kelp. It, it, it really is going to come down to how can we handle these? And I think one of the big areas is we have to assert our dominance on the line early on. We definitely have the playmakers to do it. You know, we have Windsor. We have Yitor Gross Matos. We have um, Shaka Tony. We have Micah Parsons, Cam Brown, Jan Johnson, uh, Lukita. We have all this great depth in the front seven as well. So we should be able to get into this game. And if we can build some pressure, I think we can definitely walk away from this one with a with a big win. So let me ask you this, Caleb. What is going to be like our stumbling block? I mean, if we if we lose this game, why? Yeah, it's probably um tackling. You know, we've seen it too many times where especially the cornerbacks and safety have not been able to get the tackle on their uh, wide receiver or tight end, whoever they're matched up against, and that's what gives up the big play. You know, if you don't make that first tackle and you're in the secondary, you know, usually there's maybe only one or two more guys that have a chance to get the tackle. On a running play, if you the guy misses the tackle, you know, there's 10 other guys waiting behind for another tackle that'll that'll hopefully bring the guy down. But on a, on a pass play, a deep pass play, you, you really don't have as much help. So you got to get the tackle the first time. You can't let him break tackles. Yeah, I think we also need to force some some turnovers. It's been a while since we forced like, a, and, and more specifically interceptions. Um, it's been a, you know, I'm, I'm kind of struggling to think of the last time that we kind of had an interception that changed the pace of a game. I'm thinking like Maryland, whenever they came in and they thought they were going to be hot stuff and there was a crazy crowd. Uh, at their home stadium, and then Jan Johnson picked them off first play of the game or second play or whatever. That's the kind of stuff that we need to see uh, to, to kind of set that tone early on. But uh, I am feeling pretty optimistic about this bowl game. You know, I'm bummed it's not a New Year's Day bowl this year, but I'm, I'm still pretty excited for uh, for what we have ahead of it. Saturday, December 28th at noon, I will be watching it in Cumberland, Pennsylvania. Or, geez, Cumberland, Maryland. Uh, LB's family is pushing back uh, dinner so that I can watch the game, the game. Very thankful for that. Yeah, as you mentioned here, Penn State as a team only has eight interceptions on the year, two each by John Reed, Tariq Castro-Fields, and Jaquan Brisker, one each by Jan Johnson and Mar- Marquise Wilson. So I think John Reed's were both like the first two or three games of the season, so he hasn't had one in first a really two, long time. So yeah, no, no real guy that comes out of there and has, you know, five, six, seven interceptions like we saw with uh, Minnesota in their top top safety that has had a ton of interceptions going into that game and added two more during the game. So it should be a really good game. You know, we're going to make picks here in a few minutes for it, but um, I think this can be another great statement win, winning a classic bull game like the Cotton Bowl. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what the, uh, what the gift bags are for this. Uh, that's always a fun thing whenever they, they show what people can earn out of it. Mm-hmm. So uh, congrats to the Nittany Lions, and we will be certainly rooting for you on December 28th. Yep. All right. Ready to get into our bowl picks? Let's do it, Caleb. All right. Before we start, uh, going back to last week, I made the desperation play of an Army. They got out to the lead, but Navy obviously cruised to the victory. So you got that game right. I got it wrong. You finished with 73 wins on the year. I finished with 71. So congratulations on winning our first year of who you got. Thank you, Caleb. It was, I mean, but like, let's look at this. I went 73 and 33. You went 71 and 35. I feel like we could, I feel like college game day may want to call us up the next time they're in Happy Valley to to do some picks for them. I feel like we did a really good job this year. Yeah, I think the John Goodman led the leaderboard for most of the season. He went 12 and 1, mm-hmm. but I do remember his one loss 
he picked Penn State to lose to Iowa, and Penn State obviously won that game. So if he would have won with the Nittany Lions, he could have had a perfect 13-0 week. Yeah, and I bet he wouldn't have picked Western Kentucky as much as we did. <laughs> um, all right, moving on to our bowl pick This will be a new game for us for the year. Our, um, last week I said it's on Yahoo, but Yahoo, I guess, doesn't do bowl pick anymore. So our group is on ESPN. We have tweeted out that link. We will keep tweeting it out and retweeting it. Uh, the first game is on Friday, so you have until then to get your picks in. I think even if you miss the Friday game, I think they let you pick, keep making picks after that or, you know, changing if, right. uh, if you know, a news comes out that Alabama sitting their entire team and you want to switch over to Michigan or something like that. But, um, <laughs> so yeah, get, get in there. We will both have our picks in there. So we will make our picks right now. These are obviously subject to change. You know, obviously if news comes out or, you know, we learn something new about the game. But uh, these will be at least our preliminary picks. Yeah. All right. First game we got the Makers Wanted Bahamas Bowl. This has to be a, a pretty destination bowl for most teams. Buffalo, who won 7-5 and five on the year, will face Charlotte, who also won 7-5. and five. Buffalo is a six-point favorite with an over-under of 57. This game is on Friday, as we said, at 2 o'clock in Nassau in the Bahamas. Uh, Jarrett Petters- Patterson, the running back for Buffalo, had a pretty good year. 1,600 yards rushing and 17 touchdowns. Phil, who you got? You've been to Nassau before, right, Caleb? Yeah, on a cruise, we went in there. Uh, didn't stay on the island for too long. We went back on the cruise ship after about an hour or so, but uh, I have been there. Yeah, you know, really crystal clean water. And whenever you think of, of clear water, you think of blue and uh, so I like Buffalo in this game. Buffalo put up a great fight in the first half against Penn State. I think that they are a I think that they are a good team. Um, I think they are a good team in the MAC, and they will continue to improve if they are able to pull off a big bowl win here. And I know it's not a big bowl, but for them being able to accrue these wins and being able to say that to recruits is important. So I like Buffalo in this game. Caleb, who do you got? Yeah, I'll take Buffalo too. As you mentioned, they played well against Penn State. They had the lead at a halftime, if I remember that correctly, mm-hmm. before Penn State came on back in the second half to take the victory and improve to 2-0 on the year. Um, as as I said, Patterson had a great year here, so I think he will lead them to victory over Charlotte. I like it. Uh, next game, one of a place in Winchester I really like to go to get smoothies is Tropical Smoothie Cafe, and uh, there's a Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl this year. It features Utah State, which is seven five, against Kent State, which is six and six. Uh, Utah State is a seven point favorite. The over under is sixty five, and that's going to be Friday, uh, the twentieth. So that's this Friday at seven thirty in Frisco, Texas, and Kent State is 0-2 all-time in their bowl game, so they are looking to get the first dub. Caleb, who you got? I'm taking Utah State. Kent State, as you said, never had a bowl victory. I think that trend continues this year, and I will take Utah State. Phil, what about you? Who you got? Uh, Kimmy P., our uh, college president, who is a beloved figure at Messiah, is a Kent State graduate, and so I am sorry to disappoint her, but I also like Utah State in this game. Uh, it's it's nothing more than a simple kind of like a record thing for me, though. Um, I didn't watch either of them play this season, so I am just uh, I am predicting based off history, Utah State gets that win. All right. The next game we got here is the Celebration Bowl. This is uh, between two FCS teams, actually. I guess they don't compete in the FCS uh, playoffs. This is Alcorn mm-hmm. Stadium at 9-3 against North Carolina A&T. 
A&T, who won 8-3. There's no line on this game as it is an FCS game, I guess. This will be played on Saturday the 21st at noon in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, this is the, there's been, this game has gone on for five years now. This is the third meeting between these two teams. NC A&T has won both of them. Phil, who you got? This sounds nuts. And I something sounds nuts. I think of acorns. Not always, though. Uh, but Alcorn State, close enough to Acorn. Uh, I like Alcorn State in this game. They are the, you know, they have nine wins on the season. I know they haven't won yet, but uh, everybody loves a good upset story here and there. So uh, I like Alcorn State to break that trend and uh, take home the W. Caleb, who you got? I'll go to the other side, NCANT. They've won two, two of these games in a row against uh, Alcorn State. Make it three. All right. Uh, next game we have is a New Mexico Bowl. This features Central Michigan, which is eight and five against San Diego State at nine and three. San Diego State is a three and a half point favorite with an over under of 41. This is going to be played this Saturday at two o'clock in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Central Michigan had the largest win increase over last year. Very impressive for them. I know we've talked about them a couple times this season on the on the show, I believe, Caleb. Uh, we've, we know some good players that have come out of there, or at least one good player that came out of there who then went absolutely crazy. But, um, Caleb, who you got? I'll take San Diego state. As you noted with the over under, this looks like it's going to be a low scoring game. So I will take San Diego state to grind this victory out. Phil, who you got? I seem to recall San Diego state doing pretty well with running the football. Brady Hoke, former coach of uh, Michigan came out of San Diego state. And uh, I just imagine that they come in and, and they do it in a similar fashion. I'm with you on this one. I like San Diego state. All right. Next one we got here. FBC mortgage cure bowl that uh, matches up a Liberty who won seven and five against Georgia Southern. Also seven and five Georgia Southern is a five point favor with an over under of 60 and a half. This game will also be on Saturday at two 30 PM in Orlando, Florida. Liberty's wide receiver here, Antonio Gandy-Golden, 74 catches, over 1,300 yards, and nine touchdowns this season. Phil, who you got? What a name, Gandy-Golden. I uh, love Orlando, Florida, too, by the way. And, Caleb, I know you do as well. Big Disney mm-hmm. fans, so uh, oh, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm a little envious. Um, hmm. In this game, I like Liberty. Uh, you know, they are a Virginia school, and uh, they have certainly done well coming into the FBS and being able to pull off a 7-5 and five record so quickly into their time here. Uh, playing Georgia Southern, which is a team that I just my, – my history of knowing them has not been uh, a super good one, if I recall, although I may be mixing them up with Georgia State. Anyway, I'm picking Liberty. Caleb, who you got? I will also be taking Liberty. You know, uh, yeah, as you said, they had a great year moving up from FCS, what, two seasons ago, increased their win total to seven this year. I think they got to six last year, even though they were bowl ineligible. Georgia Southern may have been the only team to beat Appalachian State this year, so they can pull off, and they are favored in this game probably for that reason. So that's probably why they are favored, Uh, but I will take Liberty in the upset. All right, good stuff, Caleb. Uh, Let's see, am I up next? Yeah, you're up. Yeah, I'm Okay, cool. Uh, we've got the Cherubundi Boca Rattan Bowl. Say that five times fast. That is uh, SMU, Southern Methodist University, at 10-2 and two against Florida Atlantic, 10-3. and three. Important note here, Florida Atlantic, I believe, is without head coach Lane Kiffin, who has taken the job at Ole Miss. Uh, SMU is a three-point favorite in this game with a very high over-under of 70.5 points. It will be played this Saturday at 3.30 in Boca Raton, Florida. This is two top 20 offenses that are going to be going head-to-head against each other. Caleb, who do you got? 
Yeah, I'll take SMU in this, uh, what should be a shootout. I think Lane Kiffin missing this game will be the big blow to Florida Atlantic and give SMU the edge. We've talked about SMU a few times this year. Their defense is very shaky, very leaky, and will give up plenty of points probably to Florida Atlantic, but I think they will with Shane Buchel at quarterback outscore Florida Atlantic, the Owls. How about you? Shane Buchel, transfer quarterback, plays very well. Um Definitely a huge story for SMU and, and their turnaround this season and their reemergence to playing really high quality football. I like SMU in this game as well. Next one we got here is the Camellia Bowl. This is the other Florida team that we talk about not too much. Florida International at six and six versus Arkansas State at seven and five. I guess they were the best team in Arkansas this year as Arkansas University did not have a great year. Nice. Arkansas State is a two and a half point favorite with an over under of sixty three. Uh, this is another game on Saturday. Saturday must be a pretty big college football game day game here. Uh, 5.30 in Montgomery, Alabama. Arkansas State's uh, wide receiver Omar Bayless is second in the nation in both yards and touchdowns with 1,400 yards and 1,473 yards and 16 touchdowns. Phil, who you got? Yeah, I can see Omar Bayless adding to that in this game. Uh, I like Arkansas State. Caleb, who you got? Um, I'll go the other side. FIU, they beat Miami, Florida for the first time in forever, maybe ever this year. So I think they will ride that tight and pull the upset against Arkansas State. Mm-hmm. Feeling pretty lucky, Caleb? I am. All right, good. Because we're going to Las Vegas for this next bowl game. Mitsubishi Motors Las Vegas Bowl. This is the Chris Peterson Bowl. It will be Chris Peterson's last game coaching, at least as of right now. He announced he is stepping down. It is number 19, Boise State, where he really, you know, kind of uh, cut his teeth and, uh, and emerged as a great college coach against Washington, Boise State comes in this game ranked number 19, 12 and 1 on the season. Washington with a disappointing 7 and 5 season, but Washington is the three and a half point favorite with an over under of 49 and a half. Also, this Saturday at 7 30 in Las Vegas, Nevada. Caleb, who you got? I'll take Boise State. I'm not sure why Washington is favored in this game. Boise State has clearly had the better year, even uh, with playing two or three different quarterbacks throughout the year. Hopefully, mm-hmm. Hank Bachmeyer is back and healthy for this game so he can uh, lead Boise State to victory. Phil, who you got? This is the exact type of game where you would expect Chris Peterson to you know, pull out all the stops, pull off some crazy sort of trick plays and beat Boise State, but I just don't think it happens here. Uh, I'm with you. I think that they are outmatched. Uh, I like Boise State in this game as well. Next one, we got the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. This pits number 20 Appalachian State at 12 and 1 against UAB at 9 and 4. Appalachian State is a huge 17 point favorite with an over under of 47 and a half. This is the final game on Saturday, 9 p.m. in New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, Darrington Evans, one of the many uh, great players for Appalachian State, the running back here, he had 1,323 yards rushing and 17 touchdowns this year just on the ground. Phil, who you got? Caleb, their head coach, um, where'd he get hired? Um, he went to Missouri. Oh, it's going to bother me. Okay. I think, yeah, it's going to bother me. I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember. And I can't even remember if he's coaching in this game, but, uh, nevertheless, I like Appalachian state in this game. They've had a, they've had a fun season. And I think they cap off a fun season with a really good win over UAB, uh, which is a bummer, but, um, well, it's a bummer. UAB has to end their season on a loss, but you know, good for them for winning nine games this season as well. 
Caleb, who you got? Yeah, I'll take Appalachian State. There's a reason they're a 17-point favorite, even without their head coach going into this game. Uh, We saw UAB get blown out by FAU in the conference title game, and Appalachian State's even better than FAU, so I will think take Appalachian State to win this one rather easily. Caleb, I love the craziness of uh, of some of these names for for bowl games, like uh, the Papa John's. Was it is it the Papa John's dot com bowl? Yeah, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just call it the Papa John's bowl. Um, but this one is a really good one. Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl features nine and three Central Florida against eight and four Marshall. UCF is. A 17-point favorite, over-under of 61. It is Monday, December 23rd at 2.30. And Central Florida is basically going to be a home game because it's happening in Tampa, Florida. Gabriel Davis, the wide receiver from UCF, 72 receptions, over 1,200 yards, and 12 touchdowns. Caleb, who you got? Um, I'm taking UCF. It's been a disappointing season for them, you know, after going undefeated for a couple of, t- couple of times here recently three losses this year, but I think they're definitely better than Marshall as the odds makers do as well. And I think they will build on this and have another great year next year. Bill, who you got? Yeah, I like UCF in this one. Uh, well-coached team, a lot of good players playing here. I think they, they take care of business and uh, and win that one. Next one we got here, SoFi Hawaii Bowl featuring Hawaii against BYU. Hawaii went 9-5, BYU 7-5. I'm not sure why Hawaii is playing in the Hawaii Bowl. I feel like they would rather go to Florida or California, you know, get away a little bit. But here we are. They're playing in in Hawaii. However, BYU is a one-and-a-half point favorite despite playing a practical road game with an over-under of 64. This one is played on New Year's Eve next Tuesday at 8 p.m. in Honolulu. Uh, Hawaii's wide receiver... Christmas Eve. Yes, Christmas Eve. Sorry, I said New Year's Eve. Christmas Eve. Hawaii's wide receiver Cedric Bird II had 95 catches this year, over 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns. Phil, who you got? Uh, I like the fact that they are playing in Honolulu, Hawaii. It is a virtual home game. Not even virtual. It is a home game. I like Hawaii than the uh, and the Warriors in this game. Caleb, who you got? I'll take BYU. Um, I think they had some pretty good wins early on in the year. Then mm-hmm. uh, kind of cruised to their 7-5 and five finish here at the end of the year. BYU always plays a tough schedule as a they're an independent still, right? Uh are they in a conference? Are they? Yeah, I think they, they must be then. Yeah, but um so I think they can they can take it the travel all the way out to Hawaii, hopefully not get too distracted and beat the Rainbow Warriors. Yes. They, yes, I do not foresee them having uh much of a trouble too much trouble behaving themselves there. Um, you know, BYU is typically, uh, I'm pretty sure they're a little stricter school with their discipline. Uh, next game, Caleb, that we have is the uh, Walk-Ons Independence Bowl. This features Louisiana Tech home of, or alma mater of, Tara Bradshaw and Phil Robertson from Duck Dynasty, 9-3 and three versus Miami, uh, a school that had a lot of disappointing losses this season. It is. Uh, they are coming into this season at six and six or going to this bowl game, but they are a six point favorite with an over under of 49 and a half. This is played the day after Christmas, uh, 1226 at 4 p.m. And Caleb, it's so weird how many bowl games are like close to one of the teams. This is going to be in Shreveport, Louisiana. Judson Henderson, the tech running back with 166 carries, 967 yards. So he is looking to get a thousand yards on the season with this game and 15 touchdowns. Caleb, who you got? I'll go with the odds makers. They picked Miami as the favorite, so I will take Miami to win this game despite a you know, disappointing 6-6 six and six season from them. Phil, who you got? Yeah, I just don't like Miami. Um, 
partially because it's a Penn State fan, and uh, also partially because I just was not super impressed by them after that Florida game. The Florida game, they looked like, oh, hey, maybe they'll be able to do something, but not. Uh, and plus, you have to pick a couple upsets during the bowl season, so uh, I, I could see this one being one of those, uh, since even though Louisiana Tech has more wins, they are a, a smaller type of school, so I like Louisiana Tech in this game. Next game we got here, the Quick Lane Bowl. 7-5 and five Pitt against 6-6 six and six Eastern Michigan. Pitt is a 10.5-point favorite and a relatively low 49-point over-under. This is also played the day after Christmas, Thursday at 8 p.m. in Detroit, Michigan. So, again, close to another one of the schools here. Yeah. Um, Pickett, the quarterback for Pitt, not a great year. 61% completion percentage, just 2,700 yards, 10 touchdowns, and 9 interceptions. Bill, who you got? I really don't like Pickett. I don't think he's a very good quarterback. Sorry, man. Uh, but I do like a lot of the Pitt team. And, uh, or I like a lot of, I like Pitt's odds of winning this uh, game. So I am picking Pitt in this game. Caleb, who you got? Yeah, I'll also take Pitt. As you said, Pickett, not a great quarterback. But um, he, the rest of their team, I think is pretty good. You know, they gave Penn State a fight early on in the year. If they had a better coach, I think they could have pulled off the upset. Alas, yep. Alas, here they're playing obviously a much inferior opponent to Penn State in Eastern Michigan. And despite this being more of a road game for Pitt, I will take them to win this game. Next bowl game we have here, Caleb, and uh, this is the oddly enough, no military teams in this game. It is the military bowl presented by Northrop Grumman. It has North Carolina six and six this season. Uh, playing eight and four Temple. UNC is the five point favorite with an over under of 53 and a half. Played Friday, December 27th at noon in Annapolis, Maryland. Sam Howell, the UNC quarterback, with a 60.3% completion, three or 3,347 uh, yards through the air with 35 touchdowns and seven picks. So, you know, that looks pretty good. But, Caleb, who you got? I'm taking Temple in the upset victory. Uh, you noted Sam Howell, he had a really underrated good year. You know, we haven't really talked about oh. North Carolina since the Clemson, almost Clemson upset. But, yeah, he had a great year. He's a freshman, I'm pretty sure. So, good pickup there by Mac Brown, or maybe it was before Mac Brown even got there. He's had a great year, and I think he, he should have a great career, you know, as he um, hopefully he gets more experience. You know, he can improve on that 60% completion percentage, hopefully get that up closer to 70 as the elite college quarterbacks do. But he seems to be on a good path. But I'm taking Temple in this game. Phil, who you got? Temple tough, man. I You know, it's tough because North Carolina, they did have that great showing against Clemson, which does make me certainly believe that they can win this game. But, uh, yeah, I also like Temple in the upset here. I like the Owls. I've got friends that went to temple and uh would probably be pretty upset if i didn't pick them and you know again i like i like the team um and i like how how they have grown from like the early 2000s whenever they were just like at the bottom of the barrel to to playing really good football so i like temple in this game big time all right next game here new era pinstripe bowl Featuring six and six Michigan State against eight and four Wake Forest. Michigan State is a four and a half point favorite over under forty nine and a half. This one is played Friday, December twenty seventh at three twenty in New York, New York, at uh, Yankee Stadium. I'm a Yankees fan, so the Yankees just signed Garrett Cole, the big free agent pitcher. So I'm pretty pretty stoked about that. 
Wake Forest, their star receiver Sage Surratt had 66 catches for 1,001 yards and 11 touchdowns on the year. But I think his production fell off a little bit after Wake Forest starting quarterback got injured. Wake Forest, I think, was leading, uh, had was probably the second best ACC team before that injury occurred, and they've uh, fallen off since. Phil, who you got? I really like that this game is played in uh, in Yankee Stadium. Whenever they, whenever it was first made, it was it very quickly became one of my favorite bowl games to watch, just because of of the novelty of it and and where it was played. You know, we saw Penn State and Christian Hackenberg win a great game over Boston College and uh, Frank Adazio there uh, years ago. I So, again, I, I really enjoyed the New Era Pinstripe Bowl games. Uh, Wake Forest did a really good job surging earlier in the season, and then they kind of faltered off. But I think still they can pull off a win here. Uh, Michigan State's just kind of lacked in a lot of areas this season, and uh, they, they just barely made it to be bowl eligible. So I like Wake Forest in this game. Caleb? Who you got? I'm reluctantly taking Michigan State. This is one of the tougher ones for me. As we said, Wake Forest has fallen off a little bit here, but Michigan State really seemed after a tough, you know, second month of the season to kind of almost quit on the season before beating uh, Rutgers in Maryland to get bowl eligible. So I don't know how um, into this game they'll be. You know, playing in New York could be pretty cold, could be snowing, who knows? And it's only two days after Christmas. But um, I will take them to win this game. All right. Good stuff. Uh, next, we have the Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl with number 25, Oklahoma State at 8-4, and four, playing against Texas A&M at 7-5. and five. Uh, Texas A&M is a seven-point favorite with Kellen Mond, a quarterback. Uh, the over-under of this game is 53.5 points. It's Friday, December 27th at 6.45 in Houston, Texas. Former Big 12 showdown uh, Jimbo Fisher is, is going to be coaching in this game. Caleb, who you got? I'm taking Texas A&M. I know they have the worst record in there, the team that is unranked, but they are favorites for a reason, and that's because all of their losses are pretty good losses. You know, they lost to Alabama. They lost to Clemson. They lost to Auburn. They lost to LSU, and I think they lost to Georgia. So they lost to five of the top 12 or 13 teams in the nation. So obviously uh, Oklahoma State is closer to one of the top teams in the nation being ranked 25, but this is a rather easy opponent for Texas A&M considering their schedule this year. So I will take them to win. Phil, who you got? Yeah, it's a tough one to pick, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, number 25 Oklahoma State. They they played a lot of good games this year in the Big 12. So go them. All right, next up, San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. This is our first top 25 matchup we got here featuring number 22 USC against number 16 Iowa. Iowa the slim one and a half point favorite with an over-under of just 52 and a half. This one is also played on Friday, December 27th at 8 o'clock in, you guessed it, San Diego, California. We mentioned him earlier as one of the finalists for the Fred Belitnikoff Award. Michael Pittman Jr. for USC, 95 catches, 1,200 yards, 11 touchdowns. Great season for Michael Pittman, despite the you never know who is going to play quarterback for USC on a given week. Phil, who you got? This is tough. Um, you know, they have the home crowd for USC, but I've seen Iowa come in and, and win these sorts of games for sure. I like Kirk Ferentz. I think he does a great job coaching. I don't love Nate Stanley, but there, there's something about Iowa that just draws me to him. So I like Iowa in this game. Caleb, who you got? I'm going the other way. I'm taking USC. I think if USC gets out to, you know, an early seven or 10 point lead, I don't think Iowa quite has the offense to get back into it. Nate Stanley is, you know, definitely an up and down quarterback. And usually it's more down than up. If he has a good game, they can definitely win this game against a USC team that's, um, 
you know, not great, but still pretty good. Obviously ranked number 22 this year. But um, I, I think USC pulls ahead early and uh, gets the victory. Yeah. Uh, next bowl is the Cheez-It Bowl, which, ooh, I love good Cheez-Its. You know, mm. I, I feel like I can eat a box by myself. How about you, Caleb? Yes, I love Cheez-Its. used to take them to work for lunch every day. Is there like a favorite kind that you really like? No, um, I just like the regular ones. Yeah, me too. I don't like the fancy ones. I used to, a lady at church used to bring in the white cheddar ones and they were pretty good, but now I'm, yeah, those I'm, now I'm just about the classics. So uh, in the Cheez-It Bowl, it has 10-2 Air Force against 6-6 six six Washington State. Air Force, a two-and-a-half-point favorite, uh, 67 over-under. It is Friday, the Friday after Christmas at 10-15 in Phoenix, Arizona. Anthony Gordon, the uh, Washington State quarterback, has thrown for over 5,000 yards this year. Not a big shocker coming out of Washington State. 45 touchdowns and 16 picks. So he's putting up some great stat lines under Coach Leach, uh, who does some really cool things with their quarterbacks. Uh, One of the most recent ones being Gardner Minshew, the current starting quarterback out of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Caleb, who you got? Yeah, this should be an interesting game. Washington State likes to throw the ball. Air Force likes to more run the ball. And I will take Air Force to win this game. You know, it should be a high-scoring game with a high over-under. I think I might even take the over on that. You mm-hmm. know, both teams could easily score upper 30s or close to 40 points in this game. Uh, not too many people, I don't think, will be watching it 10 o'clock at night in Phoenix, Arizona. But um, if you do, I think you should be in for a fun high-scoring game. Phil, who you got? Yeah, I, I'm excited for this game. Um, now that I know it's a 10-15, I'll have to stay up and, and check it out, hopefully. Air Force is a... You know, since they are a military uh, team and they like to run the ball, I think that's going to help them control the clock more. And I think that that leads to them pulling off the win here as well. All right. Next up, Camping World Bowl featuring number 15 Notre Dame at coming in at 10 and 2 against unranked Iowa State, 7 and 5. Notre Dame just a four point favorite in this game with an over under of 55. This game is Saturday, December 28th at 12 Eastern in Orlando, Florida. Obviously, you and I will not be watching this game with Penn State on at the same time, but it still should be a good game nonetheless. Chase Claypool for Notre Dame had a good year, 59 catches for 891 yards, but 12 touchdowns. So basically one in every five catches was a touchdown. Pretty good success rate there. Phil, who you got? Uh, Matt Campbell is the head coach at Iowa State, who I've talked about several times and I'm a big fan, but... You know, I, I like Notre Dame in this game. Uh, Ian Book, I think, throws for several touchdown passes against a pretty good Iowa State defense. And uh, I think Claypool is on the receiving end of at least one of them. Caleb, who you got? Yeah, I'll take Notre Dame, too. I do think this is a close game. That's why, you know, the the spread's so small, despite this being a top 15 team versus an unranked team. Iowa State has been ranked several times this year. They usually lose as soon as they get ranked for some reason, though, as is tradition as it seems in the Big 12 other than Oklahoma. But I will take Notre Dame in a close one here. Yeah. Um, Caleb, do you feel like Orlando, like Disney World, needs to make their own football stadium and have, like, the Mickey Bowl? Yeah, couldn't hurt. Make some more they, money for ESPN. Yeah. I mean, they have enough land there, and uh, I just feel like there aren't enough bowl games. <laughs> yeah, 40's not enough. Yeah, definitely not. I can't believe we're picking all these, but I'm glad we are. <laughs> um. Next one, Serve Pro First Responder Bowl. This features Western Kentucky, a uh, favorite of you and I against Western Michigan. Uh, Western Kentucky is 8-4 in the season. Western Michigan 7-5. 
Western Kentucky is a three and a half point favorite. The over under is 51 and a half points. Monday, December 30th at 1230 in Dallas, Texas. Caleb, you and I are big fans of Western Kentucky from your times playing NCAA football dynasty mode with them. Uh, they've done a really good job defensively this season, and they've won, they won some pretty surprising games, including a, a drubbing on at least one SEC, or on one SEC school, right, Arkansas? Yep. And so, uh, Caleb, who you got? Yeah, in the battle of the western halves of the state, I will take Western Kentucky. Uh, when I played Dynasty Mode, we were an offensive powerhouse here. Western Kentucky is more of a defensive powerhouse. Uh, they're, one of their defensive linemen was top three in the nation in sacks early on in the year. And uh, I think he will help lead them to victory in a low-scoring game here. Phil, who you got? Give me the Hilltoppers. Go Western Kentucky. Great. Next game here, Franklin American Mortgage Music City Bowl. This features 6-6 six six Mississippi State against 7-5 and five Louisville. Uh, Mississippi State is a four-point favor with an over-under of 62.5. This game will also be played on Monday, December 30th at 4 o'clock in Nashville, Tennessee. This should be a pretty high-scoring game, you know, two, two pretty high-scoring offenses here. Phil, who you got? I don't know if Tommy Steven is still uh... – is still the starting quarterback in Mississippi State. I know that he had lost it for a time. You know, Tommy Steven, the transfer quarterback from Penn State, uh, but I thought that he had earned it back maybe due to some injuries that happened there. Uh, Joe Moorhead is planning to come back, and it sounds like the school is planning to bring him back to Mississippi State next season against uh, and against a team like Louisville. This could be a, a tough game. Uh, and that being said, I do think that uh, for Mississippi State, they go out on losing. And I like Louisville in this game. Caleb, who you got? Yeah, I will take Louisville also. They will be inspired by Lamar Jackson's MVP season for the Baltimore Ravens and win this game. All right, the uh, next bowl game that we have is the Red Box Bowl, which, you know, based on the way that Netflix and Disney Plus are going, you know, could uh, they could need a new sponsor for this unless they change some of their ways. It has 7-5 Cal against 6-6 six six Illinois. California is a seven-point favorite uh, with an over-under of 43, so not too high. It is Monday the 30th at 4 p.m. in Santa Clara, California. Illinois' up-and-down season definitely had a high watermark with the defeat of Wisconsin after some very fortunate play there, but we've seen a lot of games this season that kind of scratch in our heads about what was happening there. Caleb, who you got? Yeah, I'll take Cal in this one. It seems like Illinois is definitely back on the downward trend. Doesn't look too good, I don't think, for their prospects for next season. Um, Illinois likes to run the ball a lot, so I agree with the low over-under on this game. I think it'll be a low-scoring game. In Santa Clara, California, Phil, who you got? I got Cal, uh, home game for them. Not outside of that Wisconsin game and, and one or two others, not super, super impressed. You know, good for Lovey Smith for getting them bull eligible in the first place, but uh, I don't think I don't think they win this one. All right, the first New Year's Six Bowl game that we will talk about, the Capital One Orange Bowl, featuring number nine Florida coming in at ten and two against number twenty-four Virginia coming in at nine and four. Runners up in the ACC. Florida is a two-touchdown favorite with an over/under of fifty-four. This will be played Monday, December thirtieth at eight o'clock in Miami, Florida. So another semi-home game for a team in, featuring one of these teams. Fun fact here: Virginia will be the first team since nineteen eighty-four to play. Florida State, Miami of Florida, and Florida all in the same season. Phil, who you got? If only they could have played UCF and USF this season. But uh, that's pretty cool. I didn't know that about them. Uh, UVA, really good season for them this year. I'm 
you know, when was the last time we talked about UVA really being that good? Uh, I have a lot of friends that are UVA fans, you know, living here in Virginia, but I don't think they can defeat Florida. I think, though, that if they if they're able to only lose by two touchdowns, that that is a huge statement for them. And it's a good growth point for them to be able to take on a top 10 team and only lose by by two scores. Uh, I think that that is a sign of, of great things to come for the Cavaliers, but I am picking Florida in this game. Caleb, who you got? Yeah, I'm taking Florida too. I guess I think Virginia kind of has the mindset of the what Memphis should have. You know, we got nothing to lose in this game. If we lose to Florida, oh well, we were supposed to lose to Florida. If we beat them, we got on a high note. We got some momentum going into next year. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe we can make it back to the ACC title game for the second year in a row. And... Uh, you know, get some recruits. Yeah, I don't think they'll be challenging Clemson quite yet, even next year if they have a good year. But um, I will take Florida in this game. And yeah, two touchdowns sounds about right. Next game we have the Belk Bowl. Virginia Tech eight and four versus seven and five Kentucky. Virginia Tech is a three point favorite with an over under forty seven and a half. Played Tuesday, December thirty first, the last day of two thousand nineteen in Charlotte, North Carolina at noon. This is the last year of Belk sponsorship. There's some conversations about who will pick up the sponsorship uh, next year. I know that there were some conversations about like Barstool trying to put their name out there and uh, Bleacher Report. We'll see. Uh, did they pick a sponsor yet, Caleb? Uh, not that I know of. Yeah, not that I know they of. They might still either. be negotiating with Belk to try to retain up, maybe. Virginia Tech, this will be Bud Foster, the defensive coordinator's last game. Caleb. Who you got? Yeah, I'll take Virginia Tech in this game. You know, they lost to Virginia in the final game of the year. That would have, if they would have won, they would have been the ones representing the ACC uh, against Clemson in the title game and probably would have made the Orange Bowl. And I think they were the better team in that game. But uh, Virginia had the crowd behind them and pulled out the close victory. But I will take Virginia Tech in this game. Phil, who you got? Yeah, I like I like Virginia Tech in this game as well. Uh, I think their defense comes and, and plays a great game, Foster, and uh, I think the offense does just enough to win. All right, next one here. I don't think I've heard of this one before, so this might be a new one this year. The Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. This features Florida State coming in at six and six against Arizona State, seven and five. Uh, the Sun Devils are a five-point favorite with an over/under of fifty-five point five. This will also be played New Year's Eve, 2 o'clock Eastern in El Paso, Texas. Uh, Arizona State's probably responsible for uh, eliminating Oregon and the Pac-12 from the playoff with their upset victory the second to last week of the season. Bill, who you got? I think I've heard of the Sun Bowl before, but I don't remember being the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. But I guess this bowl game must be more than good. It, it must be great. Um Thank you. Uh, I like ASU in this game. Herm Edwards coaches a good team. Caleb, who you got? Yeah, I'm taking Herm Edwards in Arizona State as well. They've had a an up and down season. They were ranked early in the season, faded a little bit there, then got their huge victory over Oregon, and I think they're definitely better than Florida State, who just fired Willie Taggart. Um, Florida State should be looking up over the next few years, but not in this bowl game. Absolutely not. Uh, next game, the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Number 23, Navy at 10-2 and two versus an 8-4 and four Kansas State team. This looks a lot different than uh, the team that Snyder coached for a while. Navy, though, two-point favorite over under a 52. New, or New Year's Eve at 345 in Memphis, Tennessee. Kansas State is the only team to beat one of the playoff teams. They defeated Oklahoma uh, in, what was that, week like eight? No, earlier than then, but defeated them during the season. Yeah, sounds about right. Caleb, who you got? 
I'm taking Navy to win this one. Uh, we saw Navy just run over Army. I think they do the same thing here to Kansas State. Not quite to the degree that they beat Army, but I think uh, Navy with Malcolm Perry leading the way will beat Kansas State. Phil, who you got? I like Navy as well. Uh, good run game. I think they kind of take over with that, and they pull off the W. All right. Next up, the Nova Home Loans Arizona Bowl. This features 7-5 and five Wyoming against 7-5 and five Georgia State. Wyoming is a seven and a half point favorite with an over under of 48 New Year's Eve. This game will be played at 430 Eastern in Tucson, Arizona. Trey Barnett, Georgia State's running back, had a great season. 233 carries for nearly 1,400 yards and 12 touchdowns. Phil, who you got? Uh, I like Wyoming in this game. I think they, they play the better ball and they defeat Georgia State. Caleb? Who you got? Yes, I agree, even though uh, I guess Trey Barnett will probably have himself a good game against Wyoming's yeah. defense, but I think Wyoming will still pull off the victory. I would agree. Uh, next is the Valero Alamo Bowl. This is number 11 Utah at 11-2 uh, and two on the season versus Texas at 7-5. and five. Utah was originally ranked number 5, potentially could have been a playoff team, but nah, I don't know if the committee would have felt that way. Seven and a half point favorite over under of 54 and a half new year's Eve at seven 30 in San Antonio, Texas. My memory of this game comes from Daryl Clark coming in for Anthony Morelli. And I remember counting down the minutes till Morelli was no longer a quarterback, but watching Daryl Clark jump <laughs> over into the end zone and, and scoring a touchdown and providing some life. Uh, Zach Moss, the Utah running back 219, uh, carries for over 1,300 yards and 15 touchdowns. Caleb, who you got? Um, I will take Utah. I think this one's a pretty close game. Texas has gotten healthy as the year has gone on. I think that's why they lost you know, two or three of those games. Otherwise, they may have been a 9 or 10 win team and still been ranked going into this matchup against Utah. But I still think the Utes pulled us off. Phil, who you got? Yeah, I like the Utes as well. Uh, should be a pretty easy win for them, I think. Next game we got going on, the Outback Bowl, featuring the surprise Big Ten team of the year, number 18 Minnesota, coming in at 10-2 against number 12 Auburn at 9-3. Auburn is a seven-point favorite with an over-under 52.5. First game of the new year, this will be played at 1 o'clock in Tampa, Florida. Rashad Bateman, one of the many great players that Minnesota had this year, he had over 1,100 yards rushing or receiving, sorry, and 11 touchdowns. Phil, who you got? The Outback Bowl has uh, big implications in the Strunk household because after the Outback Bowl, we go to Outback. And uh, if you haven't watched this bowl game before, the the winner, uh, well, each team gets a special designation. One team is the Bloomin' Onion and the other is Coconut Shrimp. Whichever team wins, Outback gives that free appetizer, I think, over the next couple days after the bowl game. And so um, I don't think they have announced who's being sponsored. Ultimately, I'll be rooting for Team Bloomin' Onion, as will my wife. But uh, at least for right now, I like Auburn in this game. Caleb, who you got? Yeah, I'm taking Auburn too. Bo Nix has been a wild card this year. He can play very well at times. He can play very poor at times, just like any uh, most true freshmen would anyways. But I think Minnesota was kind of exposed in their beatdown against uh, Wisconsin yeah. the final week of the season that uh, kind of killed their magical run. And I think uh, that continues with Auburn winning this game. Absolutely. Um, next up, we got the VRBO Citrus Bowl pitting two traditional national powerhouses in number 14 Michigan against number 13 Alabama. Michigan 9-3 on the year, Alabama 10-2. Alabama is a 7.5 point favorite with an over-under of 59. This will be played at the exact same time, New Year's Day, 1 o'clock 
just uh, across the state in Orlando, Florida. This is the first time Alabama has not reached the playoff in the six-year history of it. So they went, they won, um, obviously made it the first five years. Phil, who you got? I think in this game, Bama very, very easily wins seven and a half points. That's it. Like, I know Tua isn't in there, but come on. Michigan is, ugh, ugh, ugh. So uh, I like Bama in this one pretty easily. Who knows? Could be Jim Harbaugh's last game coaching the Wolverines. So maybe they can do something to make it competitive, but I don't see him winning. Caleb, who you got? I'm taking Alabama. I think it's only seven and a half right now because who knows who plays for Alabama. If right. if they all play, you know, Jerry, Judy, a bunch of the defensive players, if they all play this game, Najee Harris, a running back, I think this line may creep up and Alabama will cruise to an easy victory, like you said. But if not, Michigan may have a chance, especially if uh, Shea Patterson plays a uh, good Shea Patterson, which is very rare to see. Yeah. Okay, uh, next game, Caleb. This is a New Year's Day Bowl. It is the Rose Bowl presented by Northwestern Mutual. Uh, number six, Oregon at 11-2 and two on the season versus number eight, Wisconsin at 10-3. and three. Caleb, you watch the Rose Bowl parade? Yeah, it's a, it's a good thing to watch. It's on a bunch of different channels now on, yeah. uh, you know, HGTV, I think ABC, NBC, a lot of different channels show. But, yeah, it's a, it's a good watch. Yeah, I like watching the marching bands uh, in that game or in that parade. Uh, in this game, we should be watching uh, – a great running back march up and down the field. Jonathan Taylor, Doak Walker award winner, 299 carries on the season, 1900 yards. So very potential or high potential that he could get 2000 rushing yards on the season, 21 touchdowns. Caleb, who you got? This was again, another really tough one for me to pick. Um, I think, I think Oregon's just a slightly better team here and I will take the ducks to pull off the victory. You know, I think uh, they'll uh, scratch off that win against Arizona state um, a month ago or so, but by now and, uh, and uh, take down the Badgers, Phil, who you got. If Oregon wins this game, it's because Justin Herbert proves that he is one of the top quarterbacks coming into this draft. Uh, And I just haven't seen that really very much at all from them. So I like Wisconsin's defense, and I let, I like them being able to ground and pound with Jonathan Taylor. I like Wisconsin. All right, next one here, another New Year's Six New Year's Six Bowl, the All State Sugar Bowl, pitting number five Georgia at eleven and two against number seven Baylor, also eleven and two. Georgia is the seven and a half point favorite. A very low over under a forty one and a half. This one we played at eight forty five p.m. in New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, you can see the difference here. DeAndre Swift just one hundred and ninety five carries compared to Jonathan Taylor, who had two hundred ninety nine. That's why Swift only had twelve hundred yards and seven touchdowns. As we noted, he barely played in the uh, SEC title game. Hopefully, he is healthy enough to show off his swiftness. Obviously, <laughs> got him, Phil. Uh, who you got? This is one of those games where I wanted to pick Georgia, but again, in the season of upsets um, or in the spirit of upsets during bowl games and Matt Rule, uh, I picked the Bears of Baylor. Caleb, who you got? I'm going Georgia. I don't feel great about it. Georgia, I think, is undeniably the more talented team, but they've had so many injuries. They've uh, played down to some of their competitions, you know. They uh, obviously lost to South Carolina, blown out by LSU. They, I think they let Tennessee hang around when Tennessee was off to a poor start early in the season. But I think, I guess, their talent wins out just enough, and they pull off a close victory against Baylor, as seemingly every Baylor game is close. You know, mm-hmm. most seem to go to overtime for some reason. Yeah. Uh, next bowl game, Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl, Boston College, 6-6 six and six versus number 21 Cincinnati at 10-3. and three. Uh, Cincinnati is a seven-point favorite. It is Thursday 
the second at 3 p.m. in Birmingham, Alabama. Boston College will be coaching without their head coach, right? Frank Adazio has already been let go. Peace out. Yep. Uh, A.J. Dillon, the Boston College running back, 318 carries, over 1,600 yards, four touchdowns. Caleb, who you got? I'm taking Cincinnati. I'm surprised it's only a touchdown favorite. As Cincinnati has 10 wins to Boston College's six. Cincinnati um, made it to their conference title game. Boston College was nowhere near that. The ACC stinks this year, and they only won 6-6. Six and six. The AAC was much better, and, ten, and Cincinnati got 10 wins there. Yeah, they One of their three losses is to Ohio State. The other two are to Memphis, who Penn State will be playing. So I think Cincinnati's had a great year, and they will finish it off with a victory. Phil, who you got? I like Cincinnati as well for a lot of the reasons you just said. Great. Next up. Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. This features uh, Indiana at eight and four against Tennessee at seven and five. Honestly, I was surprised to see Tennessee make it to a bowl game Me after too. their early season struggles, and they are the favorite in this game by two points with an over/under of fifty-one. This will be played on Thursday, January second at seven p.m. in Jacksonville, Florida. Indiana will be seeking their first nine-win season since nineteen sixty-seven. That is a very long time ago. Phil, who you got? Yeah, I think they get the nine wins this season. Indiana put together a very quiet, good season, uh, and I like him in this game. Caleb, who you got? Yeah, I'm taking Indiana too. I think what their four losses are probably Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, and one other team, so good losses all around there. And um, obviously Tennessee has played better since their, what, probably 0-3 or 1-3 start that they had onto the season. Yeah. But um they must have beaten up on some of the lower half SEC teams because the bottom half of the SEC was not very good this year, as we saw with Arkansas losing to Western Kentucky and other teams just like that, Missouri firing their head coach. So I will take Indiana in this game. I like it. Uh, Caleb, how do you like your potatoes? Uh, fried. Yeah. French fried. I, I prefer French fries as well. Uh, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, though, is uh, coming up to us on January 3rd. It will feature 6-6 six and six Ohio against 7-5 and five Nevada. This game will be in Boise, Idaho with Ohio State, or she's not Ohio State, just Ohio, at a 7.5-point favorite over under of 58.5. Caleb, who you got? Um, I am taking Ohio in this game. Um, they're the favorites, so I'll take them to win. All right. Uh, for me, I like Nevada. Fair enough. Next up, Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl, featuring 7-5 and five Southern Miss against 6-6 six and six Tulane. This will be played Saturday, January 4th at 11.30 a.m. in Fort Worth, Texas. Tulane is a seven-point favorite. Um, Southern Miss's wide receiver, Quez Watkins, 55 catches for 1,025 yards, wow. so nearly 20 yards per catch there. Just five touchdowns, however. Phil, who you got? It's another one of those armed forces or military type holes without an armed force uh, in it. It's funny. Uh, I like Southern Miss. Caleb, who you got? Yeah, I'll take Tulane. I'll ride the green wave. Oof, nice. I like it. Uh, next up, the Lending Tree Bowl features 10 and 3 ULL, that is Louisiana, against 8 and 5 Miami, Ohio. Uh, Louisiana is a 14 point favorite with a 56 and a half point over under. Played on January 6th at 7.30 in Mobile, Alabama. Elijah Mitchell, the running back for Louisiana, has over 1,000 yards on the season on just 187 carries and 15 touchdowns. Caleb, who you got? Yeah, I'll take Louisiana to win this one. They're big favorites. Uh, they almost came back to beat Appalachian State in the conference title game. This time, I think they will roll over Miami of Ohio. Phil, who you got? I'm right there with you. I like Louisiana. All right. Now coming up onto the big time games, the first semifinal game, the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl featuring number four Oklahoma at 12-1 and against the number one ranked LSU Tigers at 13-0. and 
LSU 12 and a half point favorite with an over under of 75 and a half points. I think that's the highest one we've seen so far. This will be played on Saturday, January or December 28th at four o'clock in Atlanta, Georgia. Joe Burrow won the Heisman and for good reason, 4,700 yards, 48 touchdowns, just six interceptions. Phil, who you got? I'm going to have to tape this game because we'll be eating Christmas uh, dinner at my wife's grandparents' house. But uh, I'm really excited about this game. Some really high-powered offenses. I loved watching Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow throw the football. Uh, should be very, very exciting. But I think LSU wins, and I think it's an over in this case. Like I, I really do think that they take care of business very clearly against Oklahoma. Caleb? Who you got? Yeah, I'm taking LSU too. They rank number one for a reason. They're undefeated for a reason. I think it's kind of like Oklahoma's game last year against Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Alabama kept going out to a two-touchdown lead. Oklahoma would pull it within a touchdown but could never quite tie the game. So I think that's kind of what LSU does here. They toy with them and eventually uh, win the game. You know, right around, yeah, 10, 14 points sounds about right. So the Lions seems about really good. And yeah, 75 and a half over under, so it's hard to go over, but... You might be right. It might go over. Yeah. So uh, let me ask you this. Is this Lincoln Riley's last game at Oklahoma? Um, I'll go with yes. I think he will be the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. I can definitely see that happening as well. Uh, Caleb, the next game is the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. This is a fun bowl game. And it features number three Clemson, a 13-0 versus another 13-0 team, number two Ohio State. Clemson is a two-point favorite with an over-under of 64 Saturday the 28th at 8 p.m. in Glendale, Arizona. Chase Young, phenomenal player, probably going to be the number two overall pick, although he is probably, well, he is the best player in this draft. 16 and a half sacks. Caleb, who you got? Yeah, 16 and a half sacks despite missing two games on the year for which he was suspended. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to take Clemson in this game. They've been there before. It's not going to be a whatever, 31 or 35 nothing shutout like it was a few years ago when Clemson crushed Ohio State. Ohio State is much better this year. Justin Fields is great. Chase Young is great. But um, I think uh, Clemson has definitely has something to prove this year. You know, they're coming in as the defending national champions. They go 13-0. They win their games by an average of a ton of points, you know, 30 points a game or more, just like they did last year. A lot of their stats are very similar despite losing a ton of talent on the defensive line. And they're only ranked number three. I think Clemson has a lot to prove, and they will win this game. Phil, who you got? It's been a different team since that North Carolina game. We've seen a lot better play out of Clemson. Uh, Ohio State, some great playmakers, as you pointed out. You know, they have Fields. They have Young. They have J.K. Dobbins. They have Olave. They have K.J. Hill. They have so many dynamic playmakers. But in that Wisconsin game, I saw Chase Young kind of get shut down. And that, that just makes me think that this team can be shut down. And so uh, I like Clemson in this game as well, but I'm, I'm with you. I don't think it is a big blowout. Like we saw in the past. I like the two point spread. I think it's a little bit over. Like I could see it like a touchdown, but two points looks pretty good to me. All right. Um, obviously we will, we have another podcast coming up in a couple of weeks. We will make our official picks. Then once we know who is in the national title game on Monday, January 13th in new Orleans, Louisiana, but as of right now, Phil, who would you pick to win the national title? This is tough um, because I picked LSU and Clemson. Clemson, obviously a great team in this uh, in the national championship games. But I, I really like Joe Burrow, so uh, I like Burrow in it. Who are you thinking? 
Um, I think I saw somewhere that LSU has made like the last like five or four uh, national title games that have been held in Louisiana. And I obviously I have them winning again this year, but I think Clemson makes it back to back in three out of four. All right. I like it. Uh, Kel, we have one more bowl game to pick. We have the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic, and that is number 17 Memphis at 12 and 1 against our Nittany Lions. Number 10 Penn State at 10 and 2 on the season. Penn State a six and a half point favorite, an over under of 60.5. It is Saturday in Arlington, Texas. Uh, at noon, right? Noon or three? Yep, noon. Noon, noon, yeah. Um, Caleb, who you got? I'm taking the Nittany Lions in this one. I think they are the better team. Memphis will be without their coach, so I don't know how good their interim coach is. But I am also definitely taking the over in this game. Penn State's defense has not played as well the second half of the year. Memphis's defense is not as great as their offense is, so I will definitely take the over in this game. The winning team may score 40 points in this one. Phil, who you got? I hope it's a really fun game. I hope it's a classic. <laughs> um, but I like Penn State in this game. I think they close out on a. I think they close out a, a very unexpectedly good season. You know, we went into this season hoping for ten wins, but really expecting like, or I, at least I was expecting like eight. So uh, great, great season for Penn State, and I think that they are able to cap it off with the W. Uh, Caleb, this has been uh, this was a real beast. I'm glad we did it, though. Easily our longest pod. So if uh, people are listening right now, what is at the top of your Christmas list right now? Does that mean nothing, Caleb? Are you asking? Oh, I'm asking. No. no. I'm not even sure. I've got a, I got a calendar coming. You know, I love to have the, the, the flip calendar on my desk. I work every day. Got a brain teaser one coming this year. So I'm excited for that. It's always something to look forward to at the end of the day. Nice. I, uh... Yeah, I'm not too sure either. I, you know, there are there are a couple different things that I've asked for, uh, and I'm looking at my wife who is sitting on the couch next to me right now, stroking her chin. So, I'm guessing that means that she got me some good stuff. But uh, you know, obviously, you and I, we wish uh, the merriest of Christmases to others uh, listening to the podcast, and uh, we're very thankful that people choose to listen. And hey, if you're listening to us and you want to connect with us further, you can connect with us on Twitter at CPFB Podcast. And you can basically find us wherever you find uh, podcasts. But especially if you could go to our Apple Podcast page and give us a five-star rating and leave a comment for us, we'd really appreciate it. We're just a couple of amateurs who love talking college football, as evident by the fact that this podcast is about an hour and 20 minutes right now. But uh, you know, again, we're very appreciative that you listen to us. Caleb, any final words of wisdom before we sign off? Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Go Lions.